0: It got me to thinking in my own life, what was some of the first verses that I memorized? And and I remembered one of my favorite verses growing up, and one of the quick ones that I first memorized was Luke chapter 2.10. And the angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I was like, wow, let's go back and let's take a look at that. So I got my Bible out and I pulled the whole passage up, Luke chapter 2, and I started reading. And let's just look at this for a minute, because there's just some things that have just jumped out at me here. Different. You know, that's the neat thing. You memorize these scriptures and then you revisit them and all of a sudden God says, you never thought about it this way. Just like Ed's already testified this morning that as he looked at the passage in Ezekiel this week that all of a sudden he looked at himself as not being Ezekiel prophesying to the bones but actually as the dry bones who are being prophesied too. Because there's different times in our life we have different perspectives on Scripture. And they mean something different to us. It's the same thing. It means the same thing. There's no new interpretation. It is the Holy Spirit speaking to us in a different way. Because of the circumstances that I'm standing in today. And of course, any scripture that has to do with farming, I, it piques my interest. It's what I do. You know, so so okay, what, what are you saying to me, God? So let's look at Luke chapter two. Let's start in verse eight. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. Just an ordinary night, right? Just the same thing we do every night. We're out on the hillsides outside of Bethlehem. We've got a couple hundred, I don't know, a couple thousand, I don't know how many sheep they had. But they're out on the hillside in the middle of the night. I'm betting it's pretty dark. And they're watching some sheep. Making sure there's no coyotes running around or wolves or lions or bears that would want to come in and and steal a couple sheep they're just same thing we do every night we're out in this countryside and we're watching some sheep and behold verse 9 an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around about them and they were greatly afraid I'll bet they were I mean, let's just stop and think. Same thing we do every night. We're sitting out in the countryside. It's dark. And all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord, this is not your ordinary bright light. (laughs) This is not a spotlighter looking for deer. (laughs) That just reminded me. When we were kids, we used to hide out in the fields. and When the spotlighters would come around, we'd jump up and go, snort, snort. (laughs) Not that you know, it's not that big a deal. It would make flight lights jump. It would you know, spook people a little bit. You know, it, it was fun. It, this isn't this. I mean, the glory of the Lord. You wanna, Okay, look how bright it got in here after we got done worshiping and they turned the lights on. It was a lot brighter than that. How many of you squinted? How many of you rubbed your eyes? How many of you thought about the light change? alright this is the middle of the night it's dark and all of a sudden the glory of the Lord and an angel of the Lord is standing in that bright light now this is not cute little fat little chubby picture that we see in Christmas with wings and big fat belly little angel-type looking thing they think. This is an angel of the Lord. This is a warrior. This is a mighty man of God. A mighty being. More than a man. A warrior. Standing there and I'm bet dressed in full warrior garb. I'm betting he's got a sword. I'm betting he looked fierce. And I'll bet you if I was sitting out there watching sheep in the middle of the night and all of a sudden that bright light turned on and lit me up and there stood this angelic messenger from God, I'll bet you I'd be afraid too. I'll bet you. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Do you, do you know there's like 365, 366 times in the Bible it says fear not or do not be afraid? Like one for every day of the year. (laughs) Isn't that pretty cool? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But why don't be afraid? Because I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Okay? So the dude's not here to kill us. We're in good shape. He's got news for us. He's got good news. Aren't you glad somebody came with good news? Don't you hate it when somebody knocks on your door and says, hey, i got some bad news for you. I need to have a talk with you. It's not. It's not that. I mean, we read in Scripture of times whenever the the prophets had to go and say, "Uh, look, i got some bad news for you. God told me to tell you this, and there's judgment coming. That's not the message this time. The angel of the Lord says... I've got good news. And it's for everybody. And that is really important because the shepherds are pretty much the lowest of the low-class citizen at this time. They are highly looked down upon. They don't count for much of anything. They, they have really a, not a whole lot of value in society. And yet God chose them to be the first to tell there's good news tonight what's that good news verse 11 says for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord Woo-hoo! there's a baby born right there's a baby Dolan Silas get up here come here pass them out we got a baby boy Woo! pass them out pass them out we got babies all right, come here. Pearl, grab one. Pass them out. Make sure everybody gets one. Go on, get them passed out there. woo there's a baby born, right? There's a baby. Go to the back. Make sure the back gets some. Don't let the back be. There's a baby born. Hallelujah. There's... Now, wait a minute. These are shepherds. When somebody tells me, a dude, that there's a baby born, oh, congratulations, right? No big deal, right? There's a baby born. This struck me odd that all of a sudden this angel says, there's great news. I can't wait to tell you. There's a baby born. And you're going to find this baby. You will, and this will be the sign unto you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven on earth and peace, good will to men." So now all of a sudden, not only do we got one angel, big scary dude in a bright light, but now we got a whole bunch of big scary dudes in a bright light. Shouting, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men!" Over a baby. I I never thought about it this way. What got the shepherds so excited? I mean, look, keep keep looking in this passage at what the shepherds do. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Now granted, I get it. Angels speaking to me, we know this has got to be God. Maybe there's just something we should go do. Still, it's a baby. These are a bunch of guys that just tend sheep. You can just sit them down there, guys. Thank you very much. Y'all are awesome. What stirred them to go to Bethlehem and look for a baby? I mean, quite frankly, I don't always even like going into Altoona. Now, we know from the biblical account of Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem that what? The city's overcrowded, right? I mean, so crowded that there's no place for them to stay. So they have to stay in a barn, and Jesus ends up being born in a manger. So there's a whole bunch of people there. And I'll bet you these shepherds haven't showered in a couple days. I just... What, what is it about the message of the angel that says to these shepherds, you've got to go to Bethlehem and see a baby? got to think of why what would make them want to go and see a baby and quite frankly how did they find the baby I mean there had to be more than one stable in Bethlehem I'm betting like every inn had one right to keep travelers animals in they just start going door to door going hey hey, you got any babies in your barn I mean, like, stop and think about it for a minute. If I told you there was a baby up at my house that was just born this morning, would you just jump up and go run and see it? Yeah. yeah. See, the ladies would, right? You ladies would be like, yeah, baby! <laughs> Not a bunch of guys out watching sheep. Good, congratulations. I'm happy for you. I'll be up and see it someday. I might even bring you a present because my wife's going to make me bring one. You know? <laughs> I'm telling you, put yourself in the mindset of these shepherds. I never thought about it this way before. You know, I thought, oh, this is great. Yeah, we see angels. We get up and we go and we see a baby. It didn't do anything. I'm betting Jesus laid there and cried maybe a little. It was just born. It's all wrapped up in swaddling clothes. I'll bet you there's a bunch of dinky animals in the barn but this is something that sparked these shepherds interest that they ran to Bethlehem that they hunted around till they found this baby and they found Mary and Joseph the mother and dad and they found the baby in a manger In verse 17, now when they had seen Him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those that heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. I'll bet they did. It's like, yeah, you boys have been drinking out there, haven't you? Remember, they don't think much of shepherds at this time in history. I'll bet you. I'll bet you they marveled. But it says Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary was like, Woohoo, what did I just sign up for? This is pretty crazy. Because she's had an angel talk to her. Joseph had an angel talk to him. Now shepherds have had an angel talk to them. It says, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. What happened in that night that would cause these shepherds to act this way? I sat and I pondered that and I pondered that. What was it that made that big a difference. What is this good news that would cause the shepherds to act this way? Angel said, I have good news. There's a baby born for everybody. Now, I understand in, in the translation that, that that translates back to this is the Messiah. The Messiah is born but do we have a grasp of what that Savior what that Messiah being born means what did it mean to the shepherds what did it what does it mean even to us today is it just a baby born and we're actually waiting for something to happen or is the good news already here as I sat and I thought and I thought and I thought about that God God just was directing me and making me think about all these different things was it the bright light was it the glory of God was it the angels that made the shepherds go off to Bethlehem was it the message that a Savior's born that the messiah is born and the longer i thought the lord led me into romans chapter 8 and i thought romans 8 doesn't sound like a christmas message but when i started reading down through the chapter of romans chapter 8 i started to notice something that god was showing me so this morning, we're going to read through the whole chapter of Romans 8. Now I'll pause and we're going to make some comments. So don't, don't worry, I don't think we're going to go as long as I did last week. <laughs> and I know some people have to leave and I understand it's okay. But Alright, so let's start. Romans chapter 8, remember, what we're looking for is what is this good news that would cause shepherds to react in this manner? What is this message that should stir us to do something, to glorify God. What is the message for us today? Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So what in this message should stir us to action? there is a law of sin and death that you no longer have to be bound by. Do you realize when you were born you were born a sinful person it's just naturally it's it's what you naturally were because of the sin curse that was brought on us by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden in disobeying God's one command don't eat from this tree it is now passed down into all of creation death entered into this world at that moment and that curse is carried through us the whole way down through the generations clear to you and me today and without Christ you are bound by that without this baby being born without this good news that this angel has just declared to these shepherds You're bound to that. You're bound to the law of sin and death. Had Jesus not come to this earth, you would be bound to separation from God for eternity. Stop and think about that for a minute. A Savior someone who's going to be saved who is going to save you is born today today it begins today is a new start because you no longer have to be bound to this way of life you no longer have to be bound to sin and to death you have been set free you can be set free today The law of sin and death, because of the birth of Christ, is going to be broken. That's some good news that may want to make you leave your sheep in the middle of the field and go run into Bethlehem. Did the shepherds gather all of that? I don't know. Maybe they did. But you know it today. Let's continue. Verse 5 in Romans chapter 8. You are stuck with the mindset of sin. That's all you can do. So what is our hope? What is our Savior? What is the Messiah? It is you can today have a totally new mindset. Your whole thought processes in life can change today. Because there is the Messiah. Because the Savior came. Because God Himself came to you. Your whole mindset can change. Your whole purpose. Your whole outlook on this life can change. Stop looking at the struggles in this life like they're controlling you. I understand we need to be aware of what's happening in our world. I I know we need to understand that we need to be understanding what's going on in our government and things like that and we need to vote in a proper way but quite frankly some of us are talking about that like it's controlling our life and it does not you've got a whole new mindset as a believer in Christ because Jesus, because God himself in his son came to this earth for you you've got a different mindset you need to start thinking with your spiritual mind not your physical mind and sometimes it's hard because sometimes it's December and we know winter's coming soon and all the forecasters are saying 72 inches of snow this winter and some of us have over 40 acres of corn still standing in the field And the corn moisture is still between 26 and 27 percent, and I'd really like it down to 20. And so, quite frankly, sometimes it's hard not to look at the physical. But God has given us a whole new mindset, a whole new way of thinking. I understand we've got to deal with this stuff that's going on around us. I get it. But it does not control us. The Spirit of God is to control us. He's in charge. I mean quite frankly I'm not saying it's not going to be hard. Okay? Stop and think about this for a second what did these shepherds face now if they're from Bethlehem because they're just outside of town I'm just saying just if they are what happens in two years in two years Herod is going to try to kill Jesus and every child under the age of two is going to be killed these shepherds left their sheep ran into town To see a baby being born, then two years may cause their child to die. Man, that hit me like a brick. That whacked me hard. What's your spiritual mindset? You can have a totally new mindset. It doesn't mean things are going to be easy. It's going to mean you know who's in control. And you can trust Him to help you. And we're going to run into more of that later as we keep reading down here in Romans. But I'm telling you today, the good news that the angel proclaimed to the shepherds is that you can have a totally new mindset in this life. Quit your grumping and growling and pouting and going on. God's in control. Trust Him. Let's continue in Romans before I meddle anymore. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not His. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to this flesh, but to live according to but to live not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live in. You today can have new life. You can have a brand new life today. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says that you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You get a do-over. A mulligan. Call it whatever you want. But Jesus said, I'm going to come to this earth for you. And I'm going to let you start from where you're at today. I know all about your past. I'll forgive all about your past. And you can start over today. Because you are now a new creation. Now that sounds like a reason to run to Bethlehem and see a baby. The Messiah was bringing us a new life. Moving on in the passage. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together." Today, you can become a child of God. God wants to adopt you into His family with all rights and responsibilities. He wants to adopt you. He wants you part of His family. He wants to bring you in and bless you with everything that He has to the point where you can call Him Abba, Father. Now maybe that doesn't sound exciting to you. But Sheila and I were on vacation one day. Not too often we were on vacation, but one day we were. And we were out on a ski, little ski resort out in eastern PA. And there was a Jewish family out there. And you know how I knew they were a Jewish family? Because the little girl coming down the slope is going, Abba, 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 Abba. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen you want to talk about know this scripture and then all of a sudden you hear that coming down the ski slope as a little girl wants to see her daddy and goes Abba 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 it was beautiful and I thought man I can run to God and go daddy daddy Daddy, do you know that this baby, that came, that the shepherds went to see, was going to make it so you could be adopted into the family and call God Daddy, my Daddy, man. I don't run well, but I'm I'm making my way to Bethlehem, buddy. I want to see a baby that's going to make it so that I can call my God, my Papa, my Daddy. And I can run to Him when things are great. And I can run to Him when things are bad. Because His love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Mike said I was cheating because I got to pick the songs for the message today. (laughs) Do you know this baby that says you can become God's child? I want you, God says. I want you part of my family. I want to bless you. I want to give you my inheritance. That's worth running to Bethlehem for. Let's continue in Romans chapter 8. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit Even we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly, waiting for the adoption, for the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Hey folks, times are going to get tough. But the Messiah can give you a hope in the future. Now. Times are going to get tough. But today you can have hope in the future because a baby was born in Bethlehem. You can have a hope in the future of eternity. This world ain't going to last forever. And you can have a hope for the here and now. Because you're walking in the great will of God. You can have hope for the here and now because it continues in Romans 8 this way. Likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God you do not have to go through life alone you can have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you today you can have God dwelling in you today through his Holy Spirit that's the Messiah that's the baby born in Bethlehem a way for God to dwell in you the way for the Spirit to intercede to God on your behalf you don't have to go through life alone I mean, yeah, we've got the church family and we need that, but you also got the Spirit of God on your side. And the Spirit of God is talking to the Father on your behalf in a way that you have no idea how to pray. No idea how to pray. The Spirit of God is making that intercession for you today. You do not have to go through life alone. Continuing in the passage, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Today, you can live under the promise that God takes care of his own. Remember, you are adopted. You are now God's. You are part of his family. And quite frankly, God says, I'll take care of you. Because I love you. I know what you did, but I love you. And I'll take care of you. My son died for you, so I'll take care of you. Whoa. My son was born in a lowly state, in a barn, in a feed trough for you. So I will take care of you. Wow. That's a good reason to run to Bethlehem, folks. That's a good reason. God wants to take care of you. Because you are His. Continuing in Romans 8. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me tell you what, this Messiah that is born for you this day, he, there is an enemy that's out there attacking you, but this Messiah is already your victor, and He has already won the battle for you. Today, you, can, you have an enemy attacking you. I get it. But you have a victor who has already won this battle for you. It's already won. Will you stand in the victory today of what Christ has already done for you? He loves you so much. I know what you're facing is hard. I don't get it. Look at the list we just read. All kinds of hard things, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. I mean, quite frankly, folks, all those things don't sound good to me. But God's already beat them through His Son, Jesus. He's already won the victory. The enemy is going to come after you. Satan is going to want to try to destroy your family. Satan is going to want to try to tear you up and mess you around and beat you down. But it can't separate you from the love of God. God loves you so much, He's already won the battle for you. Look, why did the disciples run to Bethlehem? Because they were told that the Messiah was born. They were told that in Bethlehem today, there was good news of great joy, which should be to all people. One more slide, Tracy. Today, that Messiah is for you, as well as the shepherds. And he is the freedom giver, the mind renewer, the life giver, the adopter, the hope, the advocate, the promise keeper, and the winner of our battle. And that's worth running to Bethlehem for, folks. That's worth leaving the sheep in the field. That's worth searching through a crowded town when I don't like being around people to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Do you know the Messiah today? Is He these things to you? If you do not know Him as your freedom giver or your mind renewer or your life giver or your adopted parent or your hope or your advocate or your promise keeper or your winner of your battle. Come and talk to us. Tell Jesus you want Him to be these things to you. Tell God you see today that the Messiah was sent for you. And you want Him in your life. He will come to you. And He will be all of this fulfilled in your life today. Run to Him. Let's stand as we close in prayer this morning. Father God, I thank You so much that You are all of these things in our lives. I thank You that You are this good news to everyone. I pray, God, if there is someone today who, is, who does not know this message in a reality in their life yet, that, God, they would call upon You this day. And that they would make this a reality in their life. That they would know You today as their freedom giver as their mind renewer, as their life giver, as their adopter, as their hope, as their advocate, as their promise keeper, and as the winner of their battles. God, for those of us who already know that in our life, may we not keep it to ourselves, especially at this time of year when there's so much talk, about a baby in a manger. May we proclaim the good news that the shepherds knew that night that caused them to leave sheep and run to Bethlehem. May we run to our neighbors. May we proclaim it to everyone that we come in contact with. May we glorify You and praise You in all of this. We thank You for this in the name of Jesus. Amen.